Penguin Random House had given her an advance of half a mil for her first book. Her app was one of the apps that came pre-programmed on the Apple Watch. Okay. That was launched in like 2014, yeah. I want to say. I mean, so like it was that forced. is a scale. Yeah, yeah, that's massive. It's like when everybody got that U2 album and nobody asked for it. <laughs> like literally <laughs> that's it. Do you remember everyone was like, what? Why is Bono playing? I did not want this to happen. <laughs> And welcome to the 100th episode of Girls With Goals. I can't believe I'm saying that this is the 100th episode. It's absolutely mad. Uh, it feels kind of like a milestone. So for a very special episode, I'm delighted to introduce a very special guest, author and podcaster Sophie White is with me. Sophie, you're very welcome to the show. I'm frightened because you've oversold me already. Did you like that? No, I'm, un I'm uncomfortable. I'm like, I'm not special <laughs> at all. <laughs> that was a great, I'm, I'm really happy that I didn't fluff that intro, to be honest with you. I, I usually do. Sophie. You nailed it. Thank it you so impressive. much. So we are, we are going to start with our game. So it's called Six Words or Less. And it's for any of our readers and listeners of the show or viewers who may not know who you are. I'd so say you, there might be a few. So you have, to, uh, you have to describe yourself in six words or less. So in your own time. <laughs> like really? In my own time. Okay. I hope I didn't like um, miss kind of misread what this was. Okay. So I am a writer, mm -hmm. podcaster, and instigator of human pyramids. Instigator of human pyramids? Are we yeah. talking literally here? Yes. Those, yes. Wow. You're going to you have to invite me to your home. I will probably try and instigate a human pyramid at some point in the night. I'm, I'm going to need a little bit of history on that one, probably. Can you tell me a bit more information as to how that originated? <laughs> it probably originated uh, deep in the depths of a night. Mm, feels like it. Um, I want to say in France, maybe. I lived oh. in France for a while. Great icebreaker. Yeah. Now, where where are you in the pyramid? Because I'm. I, oh, I, I know can, where I am. Like I'm really like I'm an ambi pyramid participant. <laughs> okay. Like that's the thing when you're the instigator, you really need to help people believe in the whole pyramid mm -hmm. situation. So like you just need to kind of judge how the crowd are feeling. Yeah. If they're you know wondering if they have the strength, for example, I can do bottom row. Okay. No props. Yeah. I can also do top. See, this is it. I feel like I would always be flung up on the top. Do you know, it's kind of like yeah, when I'm... you always assess. You're yeah. like, who's lightest? Exactly. Well, when I'm in taxis, I'm always in the middle. Do you know, if there's three people in the back, like, I don't ever it's get... the hierarchy of your life. I never get an option. <laughs> like, sometimes I don't want to be in the middle, but I'm just you there. just slot in. Yeah. So or I'd slot on top. I'd be climbing up the top of the pyramid, yeah. for sure. I think I could be a good base... Person, You've never though. done one now. I've never done one. Ah, uh, yeah. See, no. now it's in your head. I like, mean, it's only Friday gonna... Friday morning, though. Like, the day is young. The day is young. Today could be the day. Yeah. Uh, never had that before on that game, so thank you so I much. I know, now I'm like, what do other people say? <laughs> they don't say that. <laughs> okay. Thank you. thank you so much for bringing that to Girls With Goals. <laughs> it's like, well, you're welcome. Thank Guys, you. there's a new goal for everyone's life. Human pyramids. Top of the pyramid. They really are great crack. <laughs> I'd say so. Any major injuries that have occurred? Yes. <laughs> Oh my God, so many. I think like our last one was maybe like 2018 and it okay. was on like a concrete patio of an apartment. No. And um, some people on the upper floors were like less impressed with okay. the human pyramid at 3 a.m. Yeah. Uh, and they like started throwing water down on top of us. Oh my God, so it was like a slip and slide. It was like slip and slide human pyramid. Yeah. 
it was, I grabbed someone's face to try and keep from yeah. falling off. It does feel like good, clean fun, though. Yeah, yeah. Like good, clean, like what you did when you were a kid type fun. Yeah, let's just keep keep bringing it out. Let's keep keep it just going. trying it out at parties. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna get, they're going to get the lads. Let's do it. To, to do it, maybe maybe before we leave. Um, okay, <laughs> before we get into other aspects of your career, which I, which I want to talk to you about, um, I want to talk to you about Filter This, which is the book at the moment. It's your book, obviously, you wrote it. Uh, the reviews that are coming in have just been incredible. Marion Keyes described it as so sweet, so funny. Ema McLeiseth, who's obviously one of the authors of the Ashling books, described it as a modern, witty, razor-sharp page-turner. So, like, incredible reviews and, and that's just kind of tip of the iceberg. So, I mean, first off, for anybody who hasn't read it, go and read it. Um, it's an incredible read, but can you just kind of give us a little bit about... Cover. Uh, yeah, like kind of what Absolutely. the book, what the book's about. Yes, totally. So Filter This is about Instagram, but it is fiction. Uh, it's not like a how-to guide to becoming an influencer. <laughs> okay. um, it's like really reverse, actually. Yeah. Um, and it's about Ali Jones, who is a wannabe. She's like clawing her way up to the 10,000 followers. Yeah. She really wants the swipe up. She's just, mm. And um, like, she's kind of like mid-twenties, kind of off the gram, life's looking the way it does in your mid-twenties and beyond, I can confirm. Uh, you know, just like her career is really stagnating. She kind of wanted to be a writer when she was in college. Mm. She wanted to do theatre writing. And yeah. she's now a production assistant on Dirty Old Town, Ireland's longest running and only soap opera. Wow. How could that be? And um, <laughs> her dad's really ill, and she basically kind of just starts to kind of hide in Instagram. Yeah. It's like a little escape hatch from all the really hard stuff she's dealing with. Yeah. And she basically inadvertently, initially, leads her followers to believe she's pregnant. Okay. And it like immediately pays off. Her following swoops up, the brands are calling, you know, she's getting spawn con deals and she just kind of decides to run with it. Right. And see how she can kind of play this bump journey. I mean, you can, for the you can feel it spiraling yeah, out, exactly. of, <laughs> out, of, out of control already. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously kind of, I mean, obviously complications are going to arise <laughs> when you're faking a pregnancy. Yeah. But like a kind of like, you know, recent Tinder one night stand kind of resurfaces, having done a bit of maths oh and no. believing he's the father. And Ali's a bit like, this could be good for optics. I kind of needed that. <laughs> and so it's despicable stuff, really. Mm. But I mean, I suppose like the whole book of Field of This is kind of about, really for me, denial, I think, is yeah. what I kind of see in it. Like, okay. I just kind of think that, we have like this option to live an alternate life, mm. um, you know, for a kind of an invisible sort of abstract audience. And it's so seductive yeah. when real life is obviously, you know, fair, boring at best shit, like a lot of the time, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, I was gonna yeah. ask about, because obviously like, you know, you were describing Ali there mm. and it's such a, it's such a well-rounded character. And I felt like when I was reading about her, like, you'd be hard pushed not to, to find similarities within her. And I think anybody who says like, I'm not like that at all, or yeah. I wouldn't jump on any kind of bandwagon like that. Like, I don't know whether they're being honest or not. I can't speak for anybody else, but like, you know, it is a reflection a little bit of, you know, the culture and the society that we're living in at the moment. Mm. But where did the inspiration for her character kind of come from? Were you, did you pluck it out of thin air or is it is it the way that you've experienced kind of 
the world online itself and you wanted to almost like turn it into this this person? Um, I'd say it kind of was a few different things kind of converging. So like I joined Instagram relatively recently. So like oh, really? the end of 2016. Okay. And I wasn't into social media before that, mm -hmm. like quite allergic. Yeah. Um, I just thought Facebook like was just like an eyesore aesthetically. I'm into I that, mean, yeah. guys. I would agree. <laughs> and Twitter just like actually scared the bejesus out of me. Yeah. I read, so you've been publicly shamed by yeah. John Ronson like right before my first book came out. And I was like, <gasps> I cannot go near Twitter. Like yeah. I have a Twitter account. I'm trying to tweet more now at the moment. Yeah. It's very trying. It's, it's a scary place if you're not, if Twitter isn't your medium, it's a scary place. Yeah, like, and if I you're kind of work, naturally yeah. a catastrophist, <laughs> as I am, um, it, it, yeah, there's so much potential for yeah, yeah. Um, being cancelled. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, um, yeah, so it was 2016, I just joined, and it was like showing up to the party, like, when the, the human pyramids were already going on. Right. Everyone on there was already kind of like, off their heads and Baluba's drunk on Instagram. Yeah. And I was like, it was like being a tourist initially. I was just like, this is what we're doing now. Like, yeah. this is what goes on on here. Yeah. I was so fascinated by so many of the kind of practices that now like, I completely barely see because yeah. I've completely inured to it. But like all the filters, like not the kind of, you know, cutesy cat filters, but like mm. the, you know, face improving filters really freaked me out at the start. Yeah. I was like, I'm, a, ugh, I'm like actually a bit like... Especially when you know the person and you know what they kind of look like in real life and you're a bit like, oh. Yes, and obviously I work in media and like I did at the time particularly write a lot in fashion. So yeah. I'd often be meeting people IRL and like yeah. genuinely I have sat at dinners and been introduced to someone and it's taken me till dessert to be like, Oh. I follow you. Yeah. I watch you for hours of the day, but this is not that. Yeah. Like you don't look like this. This yeah. is crazy to me. So all that was kind of like percolating a bit. I was like, this is fascinating. And I just thought like it's very kind of a rich sort of like I just see it as a stage for a story. Yeah. It's about Instagram, but it's about like feels this is about a lot more than that. Yeah. And then, you know, my dad was really ill, mm. um, like Ali's dad in the book. Um and my dad had Alzheimer's, early onset Alzheimer's. And um, I was very much in the same situation as Ali sitting at a deathbed, mm. essentially, for years. Like, that's kind of how that illness played out for him yeah. and for us, his family. And, you know, when you're with someone and they're dying and they're dying for so long, you stop seeing it almost. Yeah. And you actually, I think it's a really natural thing now that I've kind of forgiven myself for, but you really build up a wall actually, you become really, really kind of, um, you know, detached from what's what you're, what's right in front of you and what you're watching because yeah. you actually have to um, for just sheer self-preservation. So like yeah. I'd often have sat at his bedside scrolling Instagram, yeah. you know, and I'm feeling really crap for it, but also, it was like a kind of a self-soothing. And you, so that feeling, I... Yeah, like feeling crap as in like you felt like you should have been more there. More and present. present. Yeah. I should be like a better daughter. I should be a better carer. Yeah. You know, it's just, I mean, it's, it's a real kind of confluence of kind of guilt and, yeah. you know, obviously grief. And, um, you know, so I really related to that aspect of Ali. Yeah. Like I felt that to do what she does 
you need to be in a really like a really acute place of pain yeah actually yeah. and that's like, that's what i see here so like mostly i think when people kind of see the top line of the story they're like i'm gonna hate this person yeah but i really wanted her to be a real person absolutely and, and i mean the thing that i find so interesting about it is that like i was saying earlier about seeing elements of yourself with within this character i think a lot of people will relate to her because it's basically that classic it's the classic of like what am I depicting online that people don't necessarily know? And it's like taking that to this other supreme level by faking a pregnancy. Mm. But obviously she was going through like incredible hardship and pain in her own life. And then, you know, there's there's a part of me that's just like, like do, do you blame her, to be honest with you? Like, I mean, obviously, you know, that was a little bit too far. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, great, great story. But at the same time, like, wow. Yeah. Um, but like, aren't we all kind of going around doing this in, in certain variations of it? Like, really, if we if we really look at ourselves and examine what it is that we're depicting. Yeah. You know, oh my God, like I thought the kind of speed at which Instagram really infiltrated me as a user was like, it was breathtakingly yeah. efficient. I genuinely went from like tourist mode to like, I know, well, like I know I don't look like a person who knows my angles. <laughs> Stop, sorry. I know my angles. And I, you know, like I, you know, I just really quickly started to catch myself thinking of like, that'd be really good for the gram. Yeah. Um, I was once like, I was sitting in my back room of my house and like, I was I wanted to take a picture of like the sun coming through the doors and you know, my friggin' whatever gray palette that I'd introduced <laughs> to my back room and the rose gold touches. And yeah. there was like, these wires, these unsightly wires dangling down from like the middle of the doors because I live in a real freaking house. Yeah. And I actually got myself taking the picture and then kind of nearly like automatically going to edit the wires out and then being like, whoa, what? Wait, what? Yeah. What in the who and the what now? Are we doing this? Yeah. So I actually just thought like it's a very seductive um, app. It's designed to, you yeah. know, suck you into this little validation loop you know, we're all kind of falling prey to it because they made it that way. Absolutely. So, you know, I did kind of think, God, the short old half and a skip to a fake pregnancy. <laughs> also, the other thing is that, like, I do a podcast called The Creep Dive. Yes. And co-host it with Cassie Delaney and Jenna Dwyer. And we started the podcast as a kind of... Uh, I suppose, like, way to exploit our pro procrastination. Yeah. Because it's, um, you know, it's basically like me spending long, long hours on in Wikipedia holes. I love them. And I, eventually I was like, we should do, start a podcast yeah. of these stories that you stumble into and get sucked it down into oh. for hours on end. And I have a really particular, particular grow for the catfishers and the hoaxers. Okay. Oh, I love I know. What's going on with your one Caroline Calloway? Is that her name? I'm so, yeah. Um, I'm so fascinated that everyone is so fascinated because I, to my mind, in the scheme of internet hoaxing and catfishing, she is like small fry. Do you know what it is? <laughs> I, I, think, I think it is one of those things that there's, there's a lot better hoaxes and scams out there. Yeah, totally. Hers was just so massive. And then when her friend wrote the piece for The Cut, I was just like... Yeah, I'm in it. Like I can't can't look away. I'm I'm invested. But I remember following it 
as it happened with her seminars. And yeah, when that, when that yeah. was all kind of kicking off gate. with the yeah. mason jars, I was like, <laughs> I don't think I can do anything today. I think I, I was like, I just need to focus on what's happening, you know, hundreds of thousands of miles away from me. But yeah, it yeah. is. And like that, you just dive right into it. Oh, you're, you were lost to it. Yeah. And so there was the amazing story of Belle Gibson, who was an Australian wellness blogger. This will all start ringing bells. Stop, 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 stop. Is yeah. this the one where she pretended that she was very ill? Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, she pretended to have cancer. Yeah. And her entire personal brand was like kind of based around that she'd kind of eaten herself free of cancer through her, you know, Whole Foods um, way of life. She had an app called the Whole Foods app that like, so she was so big that the, what, Penguin Random House had given her an advance of half a mil for her first book. Um, she, her app was one of the apps that came pre-programmed on the Apple Watch. Okay. That was launched in like 2014, yeah. I want to say. I mean, so like it was that forced. is a scale. Yeah, yeah, that's massive. It's like when everybody got that U2 album and nobody asked for it. <laughs> like yeah. literally that's it. Do you remember everyone was like, what? Why is Bono playing? I did not want this to happen. <laughs> but like as in massive and no control over it. Yeah, scared. yeah. And uh, and then obviously it transpired that she had never been ill and um, yeah, that it was... Serious issues going on there with that one. Like, I mean, absolutely. But like from since forever people have had these issues. Yeah. We just now have these people playing them out on this kind of whole new medium yeah. that has like boundless potential. And I really enjoy it. I mean, it's I, terrible. I'm no, like, no, it's not terrible. I completely get it as well. Do you know what it is? Mm. It's just, I can never see myself doing that. Maybe it's because we've- Good for you, well, well, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't think, well, firstly, I don't have enough followers to do that. But like, for example, did you see the, the, the blogger who got into the motorbike accident? Oh yeah. So like that, I mean, I've never- Spawn trauma. The aesthetically, like perfection of those images after she'd just been in a crash mm. and then the smart water, like, yeah, it absolutely did look like SpawnCon. It transpired that it wasn't like, I think Forbes did a piece on it just being like, no, like we know we're giving her stick or whatever, but this isn't true. This was just a really beautiful picture and she posted it, but it was just the conversation around it that, that more grabbed my attention and it made me yes. more interested in her as well. And I went back in and I looked back over like her everything. I realized that she'd had a marriage that broken down and mm. you know, she, she'd suffered some, or she, she suffered a miscarriage, I think, and she spoke about everything. And then once I got to know her, got to know her a bit better, I was like, there's no question as to why she wouldn't share this. That is her brand. That's her MO, She yeah. shares everything, like. And, yeah. and, you know, I think people were surprised by it because if you if you just looked at it and then looked away, you'd be like, why is somebody sharing that? But the moment I did a bit of a dive onto her, I realized, oh, um, this is just classic her. Like, this is what everybody shares. But I want to mm. ask more, just in terms of filter this, obviously, like you said, you know, the, the longest running TV show and stuff. And I know Ali is like really going for that glossy. And mm. um, there are similarities uh, to, to certain things. Real life aspects. Uh, real life things, aspects, yeah. yeah. Um, so how do you feel, and we're going to take a break now in a minute, but how do you feel about the Instagram and influencer culture here in Ireland? Because it's, it's a much smaller pool than say the UK or America or like 
globally. You know, like we all kind of have huge access to our influencers. We we see them a lot, and you know they're very much there. Yeah. How do you think? How do you think we're doing? Like, how do you think it's going? <laughs> As the woman who's literally written a book on it. I know it's terrible. I've like self-appointed. <laughs> as kind of the arbiter. You will forever be asked this now, <laughs> Arbitrator yeah. of Irish Instagram. And like anyone who knows me in real life would be like, this is hilarious because <laughs> you are terrible on Instagram for starters. And uh, um, how do I think we're doing? I think that um, Ireland has like a really, really specific flavour of Instagram that I loved. Like I knew I didn't want to set this in England. Like, you yeah. know, I just because I just felt like we have such a kind of, you know, it's such a microcosm mm. Uh, on the island, yeah, and as you say, the access uh, is, is is so unlike anywhere else. And also, I kind of enjoy like our kind of parochialisms sometimes, yeah. mm. you know. And I kind of enjoy that with our influencers too, because like I was talking to this uh, woman um, from Brazil who's very big on Instagram in Brazil, and I was like. Oh yeah, like what? How many followers? She has eight million followers. So that's like, like, so any of our biggest influencers oh. are like probably like civilians yeah. in Brazil. That's crazy. Which is wild to me. Yeah. But so yeah, I was kind of very interested in like I suppose how the Irish have taken up Instagram because Instagram goes against kind of our sort of way of life of yeah. kind of you know sort of the chronic self-hating and self-deprecating oh, yeah. and then like the begrudging of others it's all very interesting yeah and obviously kind of while I was working on the book there was um you know these anonymous accounts online on Instagram you know were kind of like kind of burgeoning and then taking off massively yeah don't want to name any names wouldn't want to give them any more oxygen, but, um, and I don't want them to find me. I'm actually quite terrified of that. Um, and oh, they probably they, found you. They probably found you already. <laughs> well, they were like private accounts. The people had to request to join. Okay. And you'd see them going, like there was one really, really big one that like started in January of 2018. You know, a thousand followers within six weeks, there was 80,000 people on that page. And it was an account like for the sole purpose of kind of pointing out the kind of petty crimes and misdemeanors right. of Irish influence. Influencers. Okay. And it was like, she says she doesn't use tan, but she was seen with coming out of a tanning salon. Yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. Of stuff. I know the ones. And yeah. like, it, it really kind of like, I think, kind of revealed our sort of appetite for kind of like nitpicking and curtain twitching it's and not kind a of. Good luck, like, kind really. Of, it's a bit ooh, uncomfortable, isn't it? When when Instagram aesthetically is meant to be like this this beautiful place where you go and, you know, you share your pictures and, and life is wonderful. And then I remember those accounts. Mm. Like, it was. It was like traffic stopping news that this kind of thing was was going on and that everybody was going to be unveiled and everybody would be torn down and mm. probably showed a more truer aspect of of you know Irishisms, if you will. Definitely, and I mm. think it probably outed us, the consumers of it, as the kind of screen grab sharing yeah. in the WhatsApp groups that we really are. are. We kind of are, kind yeah. Of are. I was like once saying to my friend, like I had no space on my phone. She was like, have you cleared your, your screen grabs? And I was like, are you calling me a bitch? <laughs> and then I looked and I had like 179 screen grabs. I had more screen grabs than I had pictures of my own children. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, 
I really need to take a long, hard look at myself. <laughs> but um, the thing is with those anonymous accounts, there was kind of two sides to the debate, mm. and I could definitely see both, yeah. because obviously the in Instagram's a real wild west at the moment. Yeah. It's very unregulated. There's no kind of standards, really, even though the kind of advertising authority is, is attempting to impose standards. Yeah. And obviously there's impressionable young users. So like, there's definitely a kind of, there's the side of right mm. in... I think highlighting the kind of huge disparity between, you know, what you see on Instagram versus what you see in real yeah. life and things like that. But then I think it rapidly descended into kind of shit throwing yeah. and um, and the kind of bullying side of things. And that's yeah. something that like I was really interested in for Filter This. Yeah. So like the other kind of main character is Shelley Devine, who is Ireland's premier influencer, mm. not based on anyone, I swear. Like it's just not. <laughs> It's, it's not. It's, it's based on about twelve people like sellotape together. Yeah. Okay. No, Shelley is. I think I see a lot of like a lot of me and Shelley. But no, like there's lots of Shelley that is my experiences too. Like she's a mother, and yeah. I brought a lot of like say things I've experienced like postnatal depression and things yeah. like that into her character, and um, she kind of wound up on Instagram yeah. like to kind of escape that hurt, mm. and then like she got massive, and Shelley the brand became a completely separate entity to her yeah. and practically a machine that she no longer even kind of runs practically. Yeah. And um, because she's that huge influencer person, I got to really look at that kind of trolling side of things, the yeah. kind of comments, the kind of assiduous tracking that's facing those women. Yeah. And they are predominantly women and they are, I think, held up and like, um, you know, put down really and criticised yeah. a lot and kind of accused of being very superficial. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we kind of cast aspersions and we can be really reductive yeah. about them and what mm -hmm. they do. And I kind of definitely didn't want to ignore that. Yeah. And I didn't want to ignore the fact that it's a kind of a very female-dominated industry Absolutely. and obviously considered, you know, unserious. Yeah. Which, like, we see all the time. Absolutely. And um, so especially, like, yes, Filter This sees Shelley dealing with um, a troll that's, like, particularly vicious. Mm. And... Uh, unfiltered the sequel which I'm writing at the moment kind of goes even further into that mm. because I suppose I felt the flip side of how we treat influencers um, in that very reductive manner is also how we treat trolls yeah and how you know we were all like sorry um we're all so dismissive of trolls and yeah. obviously like yeah sure they're pricks can I say pricks <laughs> yeah um but they are pricks with you know difficulties themselves yeah and you know I think it's very short-sighted to kind of just be like, they're assholes on the internet, don't yeah. listen to them, or, know. you know, they're not real yeah. people. And, like, I was very interested in Lindy West's um, encounter with her troll. Did you ever hear the story? I don't think so. She interviewed um, somebody who had been trolling her online for a long time. Wow, she she sat down with them? Yeah, oh. so this guy had taken on um, her, the kind of, like, persona of her dead father on Twitter. <sighs> Jesus. So he had a picture of her dad as the avatar, and he spoke to her in the voice of a father, like as in, I'm disgusted, you're my daughter, I'm so disappointed That's to have a such a, oh. you know, ugly fat piece of trash for a daughter, like yeah. hateful. And she sat down with him and he agreed to be interviewed and they recorded it for um, This American Life. And it, she just reported on the encounter and how it was really fascinating to, for both of them to kind of like, yeah. sort of almost emotionally undress yes, with yeah. each other. And, you know, she learned a lot about his life, where he was at in his life. 
And, you know, she just kind of forged this moment of real empathy. And I, yeah, just very interested in that. I'm going to have to yeah, 100% listen to that. But um, <laughs> it's funny how you mentioned there about you're working on the sequel because I was talking to one of the girls over in the office who's, who's reading the book as well. And she was like, those characters, like, it really feels like it's going to be a part of like a big series, you know, oh, like it, fe yeah. it feels like it's not finished yet. So mm. that's that's really cool that you're working on the sequel. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, but we wanted to find out a little bit more about how people feel about influencers and the culture as well, because we do talk about it a lot on this show. And we actually always have like quite a few influencers who come on the show as well. But we wanted to find out a bit more about public opinion. So we sent Denise Curtin out onto the streets of Dublin to find out more. Whether we love it or we loathe it, the influencer industry in Ireland is booming. An industry that was once non-existent seven years ago is now the most sought after industry by both millennials and Gen Zs. This industry was worth $6.5 billion worldwide this year, but have we hit saturation point or is it still the dream career for many? Um, I follow a lot of them on Instagram. Um, some Irish, but mostly UK. Um, and then I'd watch a few of them on YouTube. I think they're great if they do their own thing, if you get me, and they stick to that. But I think it can be hard to follow people that try to do everything. There's some influencers that do their thing really well and I follow them. And then there's other people that I'm like, okay, you're clearly just in it for the brands and for the ups and perks of what their job is, you know? I don't know, like I don't, wouldn't trust them, like in what they promote, I suppose. But I think they're interesting enough to follow. Like I follow them. I do follow them, but I don't really know why. So, yeah. Yeah, I'd be very similar, kind of. I do, would follow a few, but the reasoning behind it, like, I just, sometimes, like, I just like what they, like, their style and stuff, but I wouldn't be that interested in them to kind of really follow them and be that impacted by what they're influencing. I always used to follow them, but not lately. I'm kind of sick of all this falseness. I hate it. It makes me want to buy all these things that, like, I don't necessarily need, I don't know. Do you think that they get a lot of stick? Yeah, probably. I'd say they do get a lot of kind of backlash and stuff from what they say because of things that have happened, they've been caught out for stuff. So like I suppose some of it's probably is deserved and some of it isn't. Yeah, I feel like it's just a social media, like it's, into, like it's gonna happen because everyone has an opinion and unfortunately sometimes it isn't like what they want to be hearing. But yeah, so like they do get a lot of stick, but for certain aspects it is correct and then certain aspects it's just nasty comments and stuff, so. I don't really understand. I think if they do shady things, like, then, yeah, you should. But I think they get so much abuse online for, I think it's just jealousy, really. Like, who wouldn't love a free five-star trip to Bali? Like, people are just jealous. So, no, I don't really understand it. I think that when it first started out and influencers became important and people were interested in what they had to say, it was quite a good thing because it was a way of learning about different locations, different restaurants, different clothes lines that you might not have heard of before. But now I think it's gone too far and I think that the importance that's put on them and the amount of money that they make is just a little bit ridiculous. And do you find that you buy something sometimes that influencers promote that you don't actually need? Not really. Like if I see something that I maybe would need and they're promoting it, I'll, it like, I'll be reminded of it because of them. But like, let's say they're posting with some face masks, like I don't own any face masks, you know, that kind of way, but they always promote those kind of things. So not really. 
Yeah, like I feel like a lot of their like promoted stuff and what they get paid for, I wouldn't be that interested in, but in the whole general of what they use and even when they say that it's not a paid like partnership, I'd be more inclined to do that because it's actually genuine coming from them instead of them getting paid to influence something. So. And is there any influencers that you've unfollowed? Like you don't have to name names, but because you've just got tired of their content or just because you're like, I can't actually keep up with you anymore? Yeah, 100%. I actually did it the other day. I just felt so bad about myself. So I had to, I had to do it. Do you think that the market is probably oversaturated? I think it's way oversaturated. If it, all it takes is to have at least 20,000 followers now and you get a blue tick and then people will pay you to endorse their products. And I think that what's happening is the fact that someone's endorsing it just because they have 20,000 followers and they're endorsing, you know, fit tea drinks and, and stuff like that. I think it's just not healthy for, for young women, especially to be looking at that. And there you have it. They're writing books about it and there'll be movies about it before we know it. No matter what they say, it looks like the influencer industry, it's here to stay. Okay, so we're back with Sophie White, author of Filter This. Um, that was Denise Curtin out there. Do you know, it was funny when we were out and about talking to people. I, I wanted to ask the question of, of whether or not people thought that it was fair, the amount of stick that influencers get um, at the moment. And like, you know, a large majority of people were saying, you know, no, it, it's not really fair. Because like what you said earlier, like they are usually largely women like it's it's mostly a, a female dominated industry and you know they're they're they've put themselves essentially on a pedestal but like it's it's almost as if people are really happy to just claw them down mm. as much as they can when you compare it to other industries like when you compare it to any other job like nobody is getting that amount of stick and nobody is being looked at in that amount and I know that there's the argument that well they put themselves in that position but like imagine that if is that, no argument uh, in I, my opinion imagine if that happened like if you were an accountant do you know what I mean and if every time you had to like sign off on I don't know a budget everyone was like now did you sign off correctly I don't think you did did you hashtag add that like I mean exhausting yeah like, yeah I'd be absolutely knackered I think that like I mean I don't want to always come back to my feminist conspiracies, but like... Do it, Sophie. Let's just do it. it. <laughs> Where's my tinfoil hat? <laughs> um, like, honestly... People just want to hate women. People just want to hate women. Well, you can say it. You looked as if you didn't want to say it there, but like... I just think that, like, people love any old excuse, really. Yeah. Um, to, to, tear, to rip down women. And as I said earlier, like, with that whole thing of, like, the kind of sort of Instagram scene being seen as unserious and and yeah. a woman's kind of domain and, mm. and therefore kind of irrelevant or yeah. shallow like is just I to my mind incredibly simple-minded yeah I kind of think anyone who sort of uses the kind of like who kind of uses that sort of argument of like they put themselves out yeah. there and um, you know I mean that is literally a stone's throw from the they're asking for it phrase yeah. which you know, is obviously really problematic. I mean, it's But they're not people, I think, who are engaged very deeply with Instagram no. because they are the people who kind of think that they're kind of intellectually superior to mm. something like Instagram, um, which is fine, like, but, you know, we're going to leave you behind, obviously. You're yeah. not invited on the arc where we're going to go yeah, and absolutely. continue into the future. Yeah. But, you know, it's ignoring, I suppose, all the kind of brilliant stuff that goes on on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, like, all the kind of, like activism, yeah. Uh, 
you know, real kind of like pockets of communities mm. that have evolved on Instagram. And like it really, I think it, it just sees that kind of very top line stuff yeah. of like somebody selling skinny tea, um, which is obviously total bullshit. Yeah. Um, and it just takes that as, oh, that's what Instagram is as a whole. Yeah. And I just think it's very kind of boring and kind of lazy assumption. It's funny because, like like I said there, you know, we have had a lot of influencers come on the show and I've gotten to know them, you know, a lot more than I would have ever in, in my job before, like mm. through this show and, and through this. And one of the things that, you know, I probably, and I'm okay to admit it, like I probably wouldn't have known the amount of work that goes in behind the scenes to curate their accounts. Like the, mm. the actual hours and hours that they spend like not in front of the camera uh, doing other things is yeah. is massive and something that I don't think people understand unless you're actually like working for them or if they're like sitting here telling you about it you know and that was something that I was pretty ignorant to at the beginning when it started to really take off kind of 2016 2017 when I was like whoa this is massive like mm. being on this side of the industry as well I know how much money that they're making absolutely and yeah. that's massive too and so yeah. there was a part of me that was like wow like that's a lot for a picture. But then once I got to know them more, I understood that it that it's just, it's a business. Like. It's business. It's business. They are supplying, mm. uh, you know, entertainment. Yeah. To me, personally, Absolutely. I'm enjoying it. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, I'm trying to like, you know, I I kind of, there's kind of like a space and relevance for every kind of niche or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, the kind of beauty stuff, like, it, that's just a massive, massive industry and a yeah. massive audience. It's not particularly actually what I like Instagram mm. for myself. I'm an interiors girl, you oh, know? I love, I love a hashtag weekend makeover. Yes. I feel that's achievable for me. Do you but follow like, a proud home? Oh, no. Oh, it's very Resisting good. the urge oh, to immediately. Very good. Yeah. I'll send you her. Yeah, Joanna, we had her on before. She's amazing. Like, her house looks like... I don't know, a mixture of like Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory and Disney World. Like, yes. It's delightful. Just colour, 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 colour. Oh. And she has one of those dogs where the, the tongue is always out of his mouth. <laughs> so I'm obsessed. Like, you had me at the dog, do you know? I will follow you forever. I do, yeah. yeah. I enjoy a kind of a novelty pet. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we even call her like a novelty pet, but I do love the ones where the tongue a is... A micro pig. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> um, is permanently out, but yeah, she's she's amazing. Oh, I love an interior Instagram. Yeah, I love it. But yeah, the the kind of flack they get and mm. and worse, like is I suppose like it's a kind of like it is a sort of an age old thing for anyone who's kind of in an industry that demands they're highly visible. Yeah, it's like we've always had stalkers. We've always had you know the overzealous fan. Mm. And this now has just provided those personality types with a level of access that they've never known before. Yeah. And it's, it is frightening. Yeah. And like you'll definitely see, I think, you know, very big influencers making very considered choices about what they're sharing in terms of privacy and protection and mm. things like that. Um, but like they're... It is scary be mm. existing online, even as just like a civilian. You know, I've had people like for my limited kind of level of exposure that I would do as a writer. You know, I've had people kind of infiltrate my, you know, yeah. inbox and my DMs and, you yeah. know, letting me know, you know, how, um, how you they, know, how they, they feel about how me. How they feel about yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I feel like I've just like, I've maybe felt like a kind of literal kind of like 
point like zero one kind of, of it, yeah. percent of, of what that kind of that kind of like being so vulnerable mm. must feel like. Do you know the way you've like um obviously you've written a book about it and mm. you know on the back of that a lot of people are like asking questions of it. Mm. You know when you can get a little bit of fatigue from stro from scrolling and you just need to almost like switch off. Yeah. Are you a little exhausted by by it having like been in it? Like cuz I'm mm. presuming that when you're writing a book on it you're so immersed within this world. Yeah. And like obviously, you know, the, the characters have more depth and it's not just about, you know, Instagram. It's it's a it's a wider view. Mm. Um, but at the same time, like, is do you get a little bit exhausted by it at times? Yeah, I definitely think I hit kind of a fever pitch yeah. of obsession with it. Yeah. <laughs> you probably needed to in order to get the book done though, to be fair. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, although I did get endlessly sidetracked, I'd be like, Literally yesterday, I had to look up Courtney Adamo just to like kind of check one thing, yeah. kind of like a little aesthetic detail for a scene. And like four and a half hours later, <laughs> I was like so far down the Courtney Adamo rabbit hole. Oh so attractive on there. You're just like, it's just washing over you and it's just so beautiful. But um, Next episode of The Creep Dive. Yeah, like, well, in answer to the kind of long series yeah. question, I never saw it going past two books. Okay. Um, uh, and I have, like, I obviously have outlined the ending and mm. things like that, so I know how it ends. Um, how does it end? No, I'm just <laughs> uh, so Spoiler. I don't think I would have the yeah. I don't think it would uh, hold um, my interest. I don't know yeah. if I'd have the appetite to continue in this world. Yeah. Um, beyond another book. Okay. Definitely. Um, I I wouldn't say I'm actually like that heavy mm. a user. Possibly. Like okay. I don't know. Hard to kind of judge it, isn't it? Is it is hard. There's apps that you can get that judge it, but I refuse to download them. <laughs> yeah, I've Just done. Don't them. want to know. I don't want to know. I did them in the past once for a podcast episode I was doing, and like I think my kind of phone use amounted to about two and a half hours yeah. in a 12 hour period. And like compared to a lot of other people, that's I actually thought that, that wasn't too bad. It's not bad at all. Yeah. I don't, I actually don't want to know. I, I think that my life is, is going to be okay if I just choose not to to find out how many hours I'm on WhatsApp and Instagram, do you know? I do think a it's all a bit dog. of a, it's a sensory yeah. assault. Yeah. So I do totally relate to what you're saying about that. I use airplane mode a lot, actually. It was yes. kind of my uh, main kind of approach to working, for example. I'll yeah. put my phone on airplane mode for stretches because I just, it kind of counters that kind of knee jerk yeah. little kind of, what is it? It's like a tick. It is. Picking up the phone, putting mm. it, picking it up again, refreshing, all of that kind of stuff. Um, it's, uh, in the second book, I kind of like, it's kind of hard to talk about the second book without spoiling the first book. Okay. But one thing I am really enjoying about the second book is that I'm writing about a, a catfisher's recovery group okay recovery program oh wow and that's kind of a part of the second book is that some people are in catfishers anonymous right and that's so interesting i love that well i definitely it's a part of it that i'm really enjoying yeah. exploring i mean a part of me again possibly the tinfoil hat wear is like <laughs> we'll all end up in catfishers <laughs> anonymous because like there isn't, slowly but surely we're all catfishing people oh yeah on kind of to, to varying degrees there's like a sliding scale now absolutely of that's it like I'm there with like you know, I'm I love the Oslo. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, I have to stick an Oslo on. Yeah, it's not huge lying, mm. but I like the Paris filter myself. Like you know, <laughs> it's just time. a little, it's a little nudge, just a little help. But if you put any like any filter, 
you know, you yeah. are augmenting that definitely. reality. Like, yeah. definitely. So even if you're like, she doesn't look like that, I can't believe she puts those things. Does she think that we think she actually has mouse ears? Fine. <laughs> but like, honestly, we all put an Oslo on as well. So it is, it's like that sliding scale of yeah. catfishing. But also just, I know you don't want to spoil or anything, but is, mm. Is there such thing as there's no there's no such thing as like a catfisher's like, anonymous? That it doesn't exist, right? Might after your second book, it might. <laughs> I've kind of looked into some things. It's so funny the things that you have to check, like that I you was find thinking, yourself like, how checking. How do you fact check that? I know. Well, like there is in um, internet addiction is in the DSM okay. as of a few years ago, I think, wow. and there is. Um, you know, there's like all kinds of new syndromes and things like that kind of coming yeah. out. Like there's. Um, Munchausen's by internet is, um, okay. a, a, you know, so Munchausen's yeah. by proxy is, is when usually a mother yeah. um, or like, you know, historically speaking, mm. a mother is harming her child. Because she thinks that she's ill. Mm, or to she, make the child appear ill to get attention from other people. Got it. Um, and Munchausen's by internet is a term now uh, being used to describe people who are malingering online. So like a Bell Gibson, for like example. Gibson. Yeah, yeah, for somebody who's kind of faking an illness online. So all of that stuff's coming about. And I definitely, I was kind of writing in a sort of a character who had gone to a kind of a, a phone detox program, mm. a bit like kind of the Betty Ford for phones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like, there's definitely, I think, stuff like that coming. Yeah. You know, I don't think cat, like CA, Catfish Anonymous, doesn't quite exist yet. No, but okay. It's coming so interesting though yeah. okay like i just want to talk briefly about the other work that you do as well but yeah. if you haven't if you haven't read filter this go and get it it's available now across the country isn't it yeah can it's on audible oh i saw it was on audible yeah as well. and it's very good value on audible it's like less than a fiver yeah that is 10 hours nice of entertainment yeah or you can get it for one credit at the moment I'm an I, Audible user, and obviously it's Kindle as well. I am an Audible user now. Yeah. I, I didn't listen to it. Um, I do like, I haven't gotten fully into the world of audiobooks yet. Mm. Um, I don't like listening to fiction. Yeah. So I personally haven't listened to Filter This either. I yeah. listen to a sample of the actress who performs it. It's funny, but I think if you're working in like the podcasting industry, and if you're a podcaster yourself, there is something about the thought of listening to a book that I'm just not 100% on board with yet because I do like reading as yeah, kind of just a... Yeah, definitely. I like having a book and like proper turning the pages and stuff. Mm. Um, but it is available to download on everything as well. Everything. So, so go do... Yeah. Uh, who does the voice actually? You, do you know who does the voice? I can't for? remember her name. Um, <clears throat> but it's on Audible. Yeah. Okay. I think Jacqueline something can't remember. Okay. I mean, I've, I've spoken to a lot of people who've listened to it, who right. like, reported really enjoying it, listening to it. So okay, I amazing. Um, I just find it hard to keep track of characters and things like that when I'm listening to fiction. <laughs> I listen to loads of nonfiction. Yeah. Like I find that way easier. Do you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we did speak a little bit about uh, the creep dive as well, mm. but you also um, are on Mother of Pod. Yes. With which my friend, uh, Dwyer, yeah. Which is a podcast about motherhood. Yes. And uh, ostensibly, but ostensibly, strangely, we spend a lot of time talking about Pornhub. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How long? We got a DM last week that was like, ladies, love you. Come into Cork because we're playing the Cork Podcast Festival. Okay. Come into Cork, but can you please stop talking about dogs, genitalia? <laughs> and Jen sent it to me in our WhatsApp, and I was like, I can't 
can I even think of when we were talking about dogs yet? And she was like, it was literally the most recent episode. Yeah, right. So this is the thing about Mother But it's Pod. definitely not an instructional podcast about right. parenting. And this is the thing that I think, like, sometimes when it comes to parenting podcasts, they do tend to fall into that, not instructional necessarily, mm. but like, tips and tricks and all that kind of stuff. Like Mother of Pod, it, it definitely goes against the grain in, in that way. And tell us how long it's been going on and, and where it kind of originated. Um, yeah, like we've been doing it for over a year, two years in January. Mm -hmm. Um, Jen had a baby in that time, which is why we are not on our 100th episode. Oh, I think we're about 60. That's okay. Um, but yeah, and no, it really took off. Like uh, I had uh, suggested to Jen, I'd been kind of pitching, shopping around a podcast idea mm. actually. And uh, like I had kind of a near deal in place, yeah. but then um, it did, it was kind of slow going. And mm. I just was like, ah, look, just do it. let's just do it. And um, I'm really glad we did because it kind of became it's a, a completely different thing then. Because mm. like, I think the idea I had been doing was that I would have a guest mm. and it would be way more like what the yeah. other kind of parenting podcast kind of seemed to be like. Whereas me and Jen, it was just from the beginning, like shooting the shit, which yeah. sounds like it shouldn't work at all. And I still kind of can't believe it does, <laughs> to be honest, but yeah. like, I guess the figures don't lie, but like, Absolutely. and we're very, very grateful that people seem to love it or yeah. like it anyway. Um, but yeah, like at the beginning, we definitely, we had themes. Mm. So like the very first episode is called How to Get a Baby Out Your Gee, which does sound instructional, <laughs> but it's not. Uh, the second episode was like everything you never wanted to know about sex after babies. Yeah. And we then, I think like from by 20th episode started like massively diverging right so now episodes are called things like non-stick mom <laughs> pants and you know mother of prod so then um, but the we generally is, talk yeah. about now practically it's kind of like are we are weak in parenting yeah uh, i think we talk quite a lot about our relationships actually yeah um and we've i mean we've covered a lot like jen has um you know, been through a lot of difficulties. Mm -hmm. She suffered a lot of pregnancy loss. We've talked a lot about that. Yeah. Um, we'd have talked a lot about postnatal depression. Mm. Um, like, but I mean, in the same episode, we'd like talk about postnatal depression and then we'd like talk about, I don't know, like a freaky ghost story that <laughs> happened to one of us or, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> Actually, I think in that episode, that episode is called Mental Health and Mincemeat. Okay. And it uh, includes an anecdote about uh, Jen's husband once enacting the most specific revenge on an old housemate of theirs. Okay. Basically, she had like borrowed his jacket to go to the shop in the pissing rain and left it in a pile so that it hadn't dried oh, properly. No. So then Dan, really memorably, <laughs> went up to her room when she was out one day, found this like silk blouse yeah. and put it on and went downstairs and cooked like a pan of minced meat and onions while wearing her beautiful <laughs> silk, silk blouse oh and she came back in and lost her shit um so That's like kind of genius though know, at the same time it is i mean basically i mean i'm not selling it but like it's, it no, seems to be that, going well that's yeah, kind of that's what the podcast it. is like yeah um you know so we talk a lot about our experience of motherhood and things like that but it's it's yeah. such a kind of a free-for-all really yeah and um we also like would do a kind of weekly like we call it shit to do now that you can't leave your house because you made people but it's like <laughs> our culture wrecks and it's usually actually like the two of us are bad into YouTube around the clock. So it's oh, usually yeah. like what weird stuff we're watching on YouTube. <laughs> and we've done some great interviews as well, actually. Yeah. So like, you know, we've had um, like 
uh, a mum on whose younger son is autistic. Okay. Um, we spoke to Jen Stevens, okay. who is um, a freelance writer now and yeah. was editor of Irish Country Magazine. And like, it was great chatting to her about kind of career and motherhood yeah. and also her kind of journey to motherhood was really difficult as well and she mm. was like brilliantly open about that we talked to like Lynn Ruan mm. uh, Senator Lynn Ruan yeah like, um, Claire Balding you know Lower. so we've had lots of guests yeah. on as well over that time it's amazing it's a great I mean you should go as well I'm just like promoing Sophie White completely Please but go do. go like and subscribe and, <laughs> yes. and you're performing at the, the Cork Podcast Festival that's awesome as well yeah so 13th live. of October yeah okay, that's a Sunday so tickets are available tickets and, are yeah. available the link in my Instagram bio has kind of the, all the tickets to upcoming events that Brilliant. I'm doing. So I'm doing an event on the 8th of October as well, actually, mm -hmm. in Arnott's with um, a group called The Breakfast Club. And I think that's going to be a really cool event. Okay. It's like a kind of a morning and we're doing like a panel chat, kind of the real influencers of Instagram. And it's me chatting with Louise McSharry and Subi Lynch from At Standing By The Wall. Okay. And there's breakfast, goodie bags. Yeah. And um, there's also like option to stick your kids in childcare Ooh, while that's going on. So nice. that's quite good. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. So, so all, all of that, that is the link in my bio on Instagram and I am at Soph White Rights. Brilliant. Yes. That's rights as in like rights, <laughs> not white supremacist I didn't get it I know I need to change it it's I didn't terrible. no it's not terrible I just love that you explained it um, I literally didn't get to like a lot of the questions but we covered sorry we know, but it's we, me but we I'm covered, such a fucking mouth we covered we covered so much but before I go like obviously you've got so much coming up and yeah. you've got Mother of Pod you've got the Creep Dive as well you've got this book now yeah. um, there's going to be a sequel yeah. what else <laughs> like I was going to say what else is coming down the line for you what else but is coming? I've got a baby coming down the line You've got after a baby. Christmas Congratulations. in spring. Yeah, it's my third. Baby number wood. three. Yeah. Amazing. Boy number three as well. Boy number God three. Love me. Oh. I know. Three boys. I know. I'm quite excited. Yeah. Uh, quite. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. I mean, I am fucking hashtag blessed and I'm so grateful and excited for everything. Um, so you will be taking some time off then, you know, when you have the baby. Yes, I, I mean, I'm freelance, so I also write for, um, like, the Sunday Indo every week yeah. and um, a few other bits and bobs. Love in Dublin uh, do their restaurant review. Yeah. Sweetest gig of my life. Like We didn't even get to talk about your, your recipes for a nervous breakdown, nervous which, breakdown I, which, yeah, I adore. which is still available. Oh, thank you so still much. Still available. It's like, it's a hybrid. I can't even... It's kind of memoir cookbook. Exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, and I think that's... It's my first book, That's yeah. as much, I think, that you need in terms of a description. Half <laughs> memoir, a half cookbook, and there are... Lots butter yeah lots of butter yeah, yeah absolutely the peanut yeah. butter cups oh i know mm, yes so good yeah. um so yeah i'll take a bit of time i usually take a few months um kind of depending yeah on work but yeah i'm i'm lucky that i can kind of move things around i hope yeah um yeah kind of always depends but i've always had this career when i've had kids yeah Do you know that kind of way like yeah. before i had kids i was a chef and so i only know this version of mm kind of making motherhood and work work. Yeah. Work work? Work work. Um, so I think I've gone into every maternity leave up to this point with an ambition to take six months and it's kind of never really worked out. But to be honest, it's never really suited me either. Yeah. Like I really love working. And the other thing is that I'm really lucky because I haven't had to ever do that thing that most women have to do, which is, yes, they might get a longer maternity mm. leave, but they, and, you know, potentially they have a sense of security about it, but yeah. they have to go from being totally at home, uh, you know, on that bus to then back to nine to six or yeah. eight to friggin' seven. And, it is, and it's yeah. such a horrible 
you know, like it's kind of a drop off the cliff oh, then. Yeah, Whereas I've always been able to just kind of integrate um, yeah. the two a bit better or a bit it's, more. Like It's definitely different when you're in this industry. Mm. I think I actually was watching Louise McSharry's story there recently. <laughs> yeah, and sorry, she, I'm laughing because <laughs> she had this ridiculous tabloid did headline. You see, did you see it? Now we won't name the tabloid, but like I saw <laughs> that. <laughs> she, named, she, she named She named the tabloid, yeah. Yeah, I won't name um, the tabloid. But yeah. she, it, I just thought it was so fascinating because like I think she was at an event or something. She was talking about her maternity leave and obviously Louise is very open on her Instagram about like everything that's going on in her life. Mm. And you know, I think she said pretty much the same thing that you just said that like she's lucky and the fact that she's never worked a nine to five and yeah. she can go back and she's looking forward to it. And I think the headline read, she's broke and she needs to go back to work or something Broadcaster, like broke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh my God. No comment. Yeah. I mean, I could go deep, but no, like, but she did, it's she did enraging. Kind of it. But I think, I think she took it really well. I was yeah. like, that yeah. would enrage me. But she was really kind of talking about it very honestly. And I think mm. when a headline like that, when something is written about you like that, you do have the right to to talk about it, especially if it's coming out of yes, your mouth and especially, absolutely. yeah, but I do think it's a, it's a, it's a funny thing. Maternity leave for every woman can be different. It doesn't have Definitely. to, it doesn't have to be that same thing that, that everybody thinks of. Um, I think probably, and I, I don't want to make any assumptions, but I feel like she probably was also trying to make the point of like that thing. A lot of people kind of assume if they see you on TV or you're, you're on the radio or whatever, yeah. that you must be loaded. Yeah. Which guys. Yeah, we're on, we're, on, we're on YouTube right now, so obviously I'm going to We've just, obviously made it. Yeah, my BMW is in the courtyard, so uh, yeah. that's, that's how I'm getting home. Um, but yeah, no, On that note, I am not loaded, so please consider <laughs> buying Filter This to feed my children. <laughs> to feed the two and the one on the way. Yeah. Um, Sophie White, it's been an absolute pleasure meeting oh, you. No, thank, and thank you, thank you, you so much. Me. No, thank you so much for coming in. Um, that is all the time that we have for this week, so thank you again to everybody for listening and for watching for the last 100 episodes, please do go like and subscribe and, and keep listening. We've got, we've got some really exciting things coming up. I can't tell you who's coming on the show next week, but believe me, you're gonna wanna listen to it. Okay. Gonna be an actually special person. No, you are special. <laughs> it's gonna be continued special people. <laughs>